everybody! Welcome to the Good Evening Kitties podcast, a Tales from the Crip review. My name is Melissa, your ghostess with the mostess, and today's episode is Season 7, Episode 11, Confession. As always, John Kassir does the voice of the Crypt Keeper and Danny Elfman does the theme song. This episode aired July 5th, 1996. It was directed by Peter Hewitt, who also directed the movie Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. The screenplay is by Scott Nimmerfro. It stars Eddie Izzard, who is a comedian, also um, was in Ocean's 13 and Across the Universe, Hiren Hines from movies like The Wonder and Belfast, Alan Armstrong from movies like The Mummy Returns, and John Benfield from TV's Prime Suspect. I'm going to go ahead here and read the description on the back of the box for Season 7, Episode 11, Confession. He's getting ahead in the world. Police question a murderer accused of lopping off victims' heads. So this episode is good, but it's very dialogue heavy. So I could see how some people probably wouldn't care for it much because there's not a whole lot of action. It's mostly in one place, but the writing is pretty good on it. The, some of the acting is pretty good. I think all in all, it's an interesting episode. It's just, like I said, pretty heavy on the dialogue, but at least that dialogue is pretty well written. So let's get into the episode here. Tales from the Crypt, Season 7, Episode 11, Confession. As always, it opens up with the Crypt Keeper. He is down in his crypt and there is like a lab type situation and he is in a doctor coat. Uh, he's got glasses and what he's doing is he's giving you, the, the viewer, an eye exam. So you're getting an eye exam from the Crypt Keeper. He's basically saying, he actually says like, fix your eyes by watching this. So basically fix your eyes by watching more Tales from the Crypt. So it's kind of fun. You know, he's in his little doctor outfit. He's got the big light reflector thing on his head. Read the next line for me, please. Okay, I see M, D, C. Okay, that's enough. I think I see what the problem is. Your eyes are in terrible shape. Probably from watching too much Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> to fix it will require coactive lenses. Maybe even radial stereotomy. Although there is another test I could perform. We'll start by turning out the lights and making you look at this. It's a nasty nugget about a writer who's pretty fear-sighted himself. I call this one Confession. It's fun. They really zoom in on his eyes, which makes sense because he's talking about eyes and eye exam. But it's like all black or like all dark around him and then zooming in on his eyes, which is pretty creepy and kind of cool. So they open up the episode confession. One quick thing before we get started. So Eddie Izzard a few years ago came out as a trans woman using she, her pronouns. And so in this episode, she plays a male role. So what I'm going to do in this episode is I'll probably either call the character um, Eddie Izzard or Evans, which is the name of the character, and then I will probably just refer to uh, he, him for it because that is what the character is. So um, when it comes in pertaining to the character, I'll just use he, him. So the episode opens at a strip club or peep show, it says, and there's a lot of cops milling around, uh, like a SWAT team and like an inspector coming out, and they're at this strip club called Shady Lady which I thought was kind of fun. And the camera follows one of the inspector cops coming in and they're talking to the SWAT team and everything's been cleared out. And there's like one woman who works there who's like sitting on the stage and I think she's crying maybe. 
But they're just talking about how they have found a third body that's been decapitated. Uh, again, I think, I think they're all women. All women have been decapitated. This is the third one. They don't know who's doing this. They don't know what's going on. And there's people taking pictures and getting evidence and everything like that. And then it starts out, you see like a woman's legs and heads up to like a coat she's wearing. And I believe they're in the bathroom. Yeah, they're in the bathroom. So it's this woman's body. She's in the bathroom. And it's, it's not a bad prop, but it's like the woman's body and then her head is missing. So it's just like really bloody and gross. Um, I've never seen a decapitated body. So I mean, I guess I couldn't really judge and I don't ever want to see one. But it's not a bad looking prop. The two police detectives look up and on, it's like a tall, it's like a toilet that's just like a seat and then like a really tall tube and then like the tank is on top, like way above her head. Well, where her head would be. On that toilet lid, it says no class in blood. So there's definitely a message that's being sent to the police. They're trying to figure out the two cops are there. And the thing with these two cops, um, I believe this is Inspector Herbert and Inspector Minty, played by Alan Armstrong and John Benfield. They have this little gimmick through the whole episode where one will be like, tell me something I don't know. And the other one will be like, I wish I could. And they're always together for the most part. They're talking about who this could be or, you know, they don't know what's going on. And then another cop comes out and is like, hey, we found this guy in the alley washing his hands, which seems it does seem a little weird. They find this guy near the strip club, I guess, washing his hands just in like the gutter or in the in a puddle. I don't know. They're like, it seems sketchy. We're bringing him in. We need to get the interrogator in. And the interrogator is Jack Lynch, played by uh, Kieran Haynes. And he's like the best of the best. And they're like, well, it's his night off or whatever, you know? And, they're, and the cops are like, I don't care if he is at his wedding night, get him in here. So then it cuts to the precinct, I guess, or the, the police station. But it's not like, it's not like a regular police station thing. This is more just like, it's the back rooms, like it's storage and where they do the interrogations. And in walks Jack Lynch. He's just got like a little hat on and a, he's in pretty like, he's in like plain clothes because it was his night off. And he was at the bowling alley bowling. So when he comes into the room and opens the doors, they kind of have a fun little sound effect that sounds like someone making a strike. So he comes in and it's like, psh, you know, like makes a strike. And he's got a bag with a bowling ball in it. And this younger cop is talking to him. Whose bright idea was this? No, let me guess. Minty. Herbert and Minty both. I'm sorry, Jack. It's the missing head case. The case on the line calling Jack. Jack's a man. Jack will make us look good. Wankers. Tell them to go fuck themselves. Yes, sir. And then immediately it cuts into the scene of Eddie Izzard just going off at the double paned screen. Like he can't see through it or like the two-way mirror. He can't see through it, but they can see him. And he's just yelling at it. When is it a crime to wash your hands? You know, and things like this. And, and I think this character is probably my favorite part. I think Eddie Izzard does a really good job. And he's just, you know, really mad. And really they don't say exactly, I think, why he was washing his hands back there. I tried skimming through the episode again. Like I've watched this episode about three times and I, I really don't see what he was doing. So I don't, it does seem a little suspicious. They don't need to keep him in here as long as they do. It cuts back to the two inspectors behind the glass, Herbert and Minty, and they're watching Evans, Eddie Izzard's character. They're talking about like serial killers and everything that Jack told them. And so Jack, the interrogator, Jack Lynch, he's 
He's kind of a big deal. He's really good at what he does. And these two cops, these two inspectors, they learn a lot from him and praise him a bit and things like that. But it's also shown that they don't really do a lot of the work. So Jack Lynch walks up to interrogate Eddie Ezzard. And there's this other cop there too. And they're talking. And, and this cop seems like he's a little bit on to the situation, but it doesn't really go anywhere. Jack Lynch walks up and is like, hey, I was bowling. He holds up the bowling ball bag. And really, I mean, I haven't, I don't remember ever seeing this episode before. It's so blatantly obvious that he's the killer. I was thinking maybe that's what they wanted you to know so that you could kind of be like, oh, how's he going to get out of this? But then there's like this little reveal at the end where it's supposed to be, I guess, a big deal. But it's like, I already knew. I've known from the beginning. Just him holding up that bag and the fact that the head is missing. And I'm like, this, there's a head in the bag. So he's talking to this other cop before he goes in to interrogate Eddie Izzard with his bowling ball bag. And the cop makes a mention that he got, Jack Lynch got passed over for a promotion. And I think Inspector Herbert and Inspector Minty ended up getting those promotions or whatever, even though Jack's the one doing most of the work. So he's been jilted by the force. So he has a, a motive. That's what's going on. He acts like it's not a big deal, but really it's like, mm, that's probably why. So Jack Lynch walks in to Evans. Eddie Izzard's character and Eddie Izzard is just so mad and is like you know you are going to be drinking a shit shake out of a crazy straw you're going to be sucking a shit shake out of a crazy straw I look forward to it sure you do you are in way over your head I can't believe this Evans is uh is just in there in like the leather duster really mad at them so then they pull out like his credits. That's what he says. Jack's like, we pulled your credits, Evans, and like different things about you. So you find out that Evans is like a screenwriter or like writes for different programs. And there's a lot of, there's a bit of um, some tongue in cheek meta stuff going on here. So they just, they're like, oh, you wrote for this television program called Tales from the Crypt. And then Evans is like, yeah, they basically took what I wrote and like changed it up. And now the show is canceled or whatever like that, which I was like, at this point, I'm like, did they already know? I think they probably already knew. Because <laughs> Scott Nimmerfro is the writer for this. And he's written, I believe, quite a bit for he, he was the associate producer for Bordello of Blood. And he was a so associate producer for Tales from the Crypt and co-producer for Demon Knight. So like, I think he threw this in there as like a little fun chuckle, you know. Jack also says that they've looked into the internet movie database. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's IMDb. I mean, I look at that all the time. So I looked it up and um, IMDb came out in 1990. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, I guess that, yeah, that makes sense. You pulled your credits off the internet movie database. It says here you wrote something for a television program called Tales from the Crypt. What's that? It's ancient history. It's years ago. I was a kid, they rewrote everything I did. That's been cancelled now, so I'm bloody right. So he's like, yeah, I'm a screenwriter. And they start looking at other like history, like his, I guess his internet history and things like that. I think he writes scripts and books and he's been pretty popular. And Jack's like, well, why are you so popular? And he's like, well, I do my research. And he's like, I do a lot of research on serial killers. And so he ends up irritating Jack. Jack gets mad and he grabs his bowling ball bag and he leaves. So now Jack is sitting down outside in the precinct that like um, just a table with his bowling ball bag. He's chilling there and like trying to find more dirt and things and working. And this other young cop, this young cop that was around earlier comes up and is talking to him and like kind of interested in him. And he, he goes to look at the bowling ball bag, this young cop. He might be the one who mentions the promotion that he got passed over. How come you didn't get promoted, Jack? How come the other two got promoted and you didn't? You're so much smarter than those two. Everybody knows that. 
Well, somebody's got to make them look good. True. I can't hold you down forever, though. You're too good. You're going to get that promotion next time. So this young cop goes to open up a bowling ball bag. Halfway through the episode, they're, they want you to be in on it. They make it really apparent now. The guy goes to open up the bowling ball bag. There's like tins music. And he opens it up and it's just a bowling ball. It's just like a maroon, swirly colored bowling ball. And the young cop goes to like put his hands in the holes to like pull the ball out. And Jack is like, so you like to touch other man's balls? I guess a little bit of a gay joke there. Um, or some sort of assault-like joke. And the cop is me like, oh, no, sorry. Sorry, man, you're right. Um, it just like zips up the back. Scrimp, can I ask you something? Sure, Jack. Do you often handle other men's balls without asking? Sorry, Jack. So now we know that there's no head in the bag. So now they're back in the interrogation room. And Eddie Izzard's character, Evans, is smoking a cigarette and going back and forth and they're talking. And now Jack has got some dirt on Evans. And he starts showing them, like, these pictures of the murdered women. Eddie Izzard's character, Evans, is really, like, going after Jack. And looking at the pictures of these decapitated women and talking about the stuff he's learned in his research about serial killers. And what he's kind of deducting is that Jack could possibly be the killer. You know, he's, he's pointing out all this different stuff about the promotion getting overlooked and um, the psychological profile of a serial killer. And it's really, really getting to Jack and the inspectors or in the other side of the glass looking at each other like, well, he's kind of got a point, you know. But again, nothing have, happens with that. Have you read your encyclopedia of serial killers? Yes, I have. Have you ever been in therapy? Murder is faster than therapy. Why do you say that? Paraphrasing Edmund Kemper. Come on, Inspector. You're supposed to be an expert on serial killers. You should have known that boy. Look. Let's have a look at the evidence. Now, this is murder by numbers. No sign of a break in here. Lock still bolted here. Dinner on the table. This woman was killed by someone she knew. These women were... They knew their assailant. You're looking for someone, someone they trust, a friend, uh, a priest, a policeman, maybe. So now Jack is like, hey, why were you outside the shady lady? And he makes a joke about needing to hide a corpse and it's pretty funny. And then Evans is like, joking, I'm kidding, I'm joking. But he never really answers why he was outside the club, Evans. He just is like, oh, I'm assuming the, the dead bodies were there. And so there's like a lot of really great back and forth. And Jack is starting to get suspicious that this guy is going to figure out that he's the killer. Evans is like, you have no, he's like yelling at the mirror. He's like, you guys have no right to keep me in here. I'm not a terrorist. I haven't done anything. And then Jack gets really mad and grabs him and like throws him up against the wall. Evans is like, I want my phone call. And so he goes to make a phone call at the payphone there. Eddie Ezard's character is at this precinct and he calls and he calls his, his partner, his girlfriend, I guess, and is like, hey, girl, I have this like black bag. I need you to get rid of it and get out of town, go see your mom. And I'm like, what is he doing? You don't think they're not listening to this call? You're in the police station. And then he looks over and he can see that Jack Lynch, the, in the interrogator, is like listening in, like on the, across the room, writing stuff down, like looking suspicious. And then Eddie Izzard looks over and in part of the glass that's like kind of blocking, like kind of making a barrier around the payphone, there's a tiny little microphone hooked up. And I'm like, yeah, of course they're gonna listen. Why wouldn't they, what are you doing? 
So now they know that he has some sort of black bag or something he needs to get rid of. So Evans goes to run and they catch him and drag him back into the interrogation room. Hi, baby. Hi, it's me. Listen to me, I've been arrested, right? No, no, it's, it's okay, it's all bullshit. I've been arrested. I want you to phone Stuart, tell him to get some people on this, right? Because I may want to sue these bastards, okay? Now, I want you to pack a bag. Now, listen, just listen to me. Pack a bag and I want you to get out of town. Go see your mum, okay? And you know, in the back of the cupboard, you know my black bag? You know that square one? Take that with you, right? Yeah, just, just dump it. So now they're really digging in the dirt and things on Evans. They want to get as much as they can on him. So now we're back in the interrogation room and they have all of this information of his computer history. They say that he's rented, I don't know, like 2,100 movie videos or something in five years. And over 2,000 of those were porn tapes of like necrophilia and other types of pornography. And I was like, okay, that, I don't know if that's necessarily like cause that he killed her, but that, that is a little um, concerning. Because that's, that's a lot. Five, I mean, that's a couple videos a day or something. So he's got that against him. He also has a book on like how to make a pipe bomb, how to make a silencer, get a silencer, all this different stuff. And, and Evans is like, this is for my research, for my stuff that I write. There's also a scene too, a little bit previously, where they had some information that he had checked out some book or had some book called The Satanic scriptures and the satanic scriptures they have the book there and what's funny about that is it says it's uh written by alan katz but they spell alan wrong but it's written by alan katz which is a shout out to another co-producer of tales from the crypt and the movies things who i had an interview with um a while back you can check out that interview with al katz but that was like another fun little thing they put in there um kind of like a little you know easter egg type thing i guess so they're like also leaning toward the whole Satanist thing that he's into like Satanist stuff. There's also a thing they bring up that he was like arrested for some sort of, I guess, like a sexual assault against a minor. But Evans is quick to point out there's insufficient evidence and he was acquitted. They still don't have a confession. It's just all this like back and forth. And he has a bunch of things that don't look good. So they went to go check out his apartment and they got a hold of that bag, that black suitcase or whatever that he wanted to get from his girlfriend. So they hold out in front of him. They're like, hey, we ransacked your place. We found this. And Evans looks really worried. And the reason he looks really worried is because inside this bag is a human head in a jar. And it's kind of funky looking. It's like this guy and he's got like, um, his mouth is like kind of eroded and he's in a jar of formaldehyde that's like really sealed with plastic wrap and all kinds of stuff. And it's sitting nestled in a bunch of newspaper upright in this secured luggage thing. So that doesn't look good. He has uh, a head. It is not a woman's head, but it is a head nonetheless. And he says he got it from some sort of like freak show or some sort of thing where they were selling that. I mean, there's a really good chance it's not even real. That still doesn't look good. You probably shouldn't buy some guy's head in a jar. He says, Evan says, you know, he bought it for like research and that he thought the head looked kind of funny. What is a fairground? Some sort of freak show. I thought he looked funny. And so then it cuts to later, like, I guess they have taken Evans away and the two inspectors are, two of the, the, one of the inspectors and one of the cops are sitting back in the interrogation room just by themselves. And they're talking about there's really no evidence. They don't have a confession. There was no blood. There's no weapons. I mean, yeah, this guy doesn't look good because he has all this, you know, different things against him, but it doesn't mean that he did what we're looking for. 
And so the cops are saying that there's no confession, but Jack gets what Jack wants. And so I guess it's kind of strange because it's like they're going to charge him anyway, but it's they still don't have a confession or much evidence, just that this guy looks suspicious. And then they're just like, yeah, Jack's great. And then that, that's it for that. I'm like, okay, well, I guess, okay. So then it cuts back to Jack going home. And he lives in kind of like a dingy, like kind of apartment, you know, even though he's an inspector and he got password for the promotion, I guess, so now he can't afford anything. There's just like a lot of books around and a tiny little kitchen. And he goes to sit down at his little kitchen table and he unzips the bowling ball bag. And so he goes to take the bowling ball out, but really the bowling ball is a container because the head is inside the bowling ball, which I thought was kind of fun. I liked that they did that. So all you got to do is put your hand in the holes there on the top, like you're going to go bowling. And then the, the lid just kind of pops off. So it's a good thing that young cop guy didn't try to take the ball out because it probably would have fell apart. So he pulls the lid off and then you see him pull up this head. They just like show it from the back. And his place is like kind of messy. He's got like spare bowling pins for some reason on the table. Um, it's just like dingy. You know, he's this bachelor kind of guy. And he goes over to his little fridge and he opens it up. In there are three bottles of beer and two other women's heads. And it looks really cold in this fridge. Like it looks almost like a freezer, like a deep freezer. So I don't know how high he jacked up this cool. I don't think he could get this cold. There's frost on everything. Like the two heads in there have icicles on their eye, you know, eyelashes and things. And so he goes to open it up and he puts the other woman's head in there, which, you know, it's, that's gross. And uh, then he goes and grabs a beer. He turns around, opens up his cold beer, takes a drink and has a little like smug, satisfied, kind of faraway look on his face. And that's it. So for now, he gets away with it. I think eventually they would probably catch him because I think he's getting sloppy maybe. But he's basically doing this to just stick it to the cops because they won't solve it because they're not good at their job and he got passed over for the promotion and he's just angry. It's fine. The dialogue and everything is really fun. It packs a bit of a punch at the end. It's a little bit of a weird abrupt ending just because there's still no evidence and no confession. But that is the end and we go back to the Crypt Keeper. And he's still giving you an eye exam. He's got it up on the screen, like on and behind him. And he's just having fun with all the puns and having a good time. <laughs> Crypt Keeper, you're so punny. And the best Crypt Keeper pun is... Too bad about Warhol. If he had kept his mouth shut, he wouldn't have gotten ahead of himself. Still, I think prison might work as a career move. I hear great things about their chop placement. <laughs> well, kiddies, your condition isn't as bad as I thought. A prescription for difocals should do the trick. Otherwise, your eyes are perfectly fine. Want me to put them back in your head for you? <laughs> but yeah, that's the end of the episode. There's a little bit of IMDb trivia. They mentioned that in the episode, which is basically some of this is just stuff I already mentioned. But um, while interrogating Evans, Inspector Jack Lynch produces a book and asks if Evans purchased it in the occult shop he had visited. The book is titled The Satanic Scriptures, is written by Alan Katz, and is published by Gil Adler Productions. Alan Katz obviously refers to A.L. Katz and Gil Adler as to Gilbert Adler, both producers of Tales from the Crypt. Also, Inspector Jack Lynch is interrogating Mr. Evans, a scriptwriter he suspects of murder. 
Lynch mentions that he has pulled Evans' credits off the internet movie database, IMDb, where he mentions that Evans had written something for a television program called Tales from the Crypt. What's that? Lynch asks. Ancient history, says Evans. That was years ago. It's been canceled now. This episode was among the last three in the seven-year run of Tales from the Crypt. So that is the end of Season 7, Episode 11, Confession. The next episode is Season 7, Episode 12, Ear Today, Gone Tomorrow. Thank you all so much for downloading and listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to leave a review, you can do so on Facebook or iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever it is, and I will read it on the podcast. You can also send me any questions or comments at goodeveningpod at gmail.com. You can follow me on Facebook and on Twitter. At Twitter, it's at Podcast or at Podcast. You can also follow Gus the Podcat on Instagram at a sweet cat named Gus. And yeah, thank you all again so much. I hope you enjoyed it and goodbye. I just had quite a scare. I actually thought my heart was beating again.